Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. On June 26, 2015, by one single vote, the Supreme Court struck down all state bans on same-sex marriage. There are still just 31 countries in the world where gay marriage is legal, meaning it is illegal in the vast majority of the world. Is gay marriage in the United States settled law or are there still those who wish to challenge it? The business of being black today is same sex marriage. Please welcome Pennsylvania State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta. Hi, Malcolm. Celebrity Chef Cordell Robinson is with us. Hi, Chef Cordell. Hi, Tammy. How are you? Good. Philadelphia Republican advocate James Whitehead on deck. Hi, James. How you doing? Good. And Pastor Rodney R. Nichols of Garden of Praise Christian Fellowship is with us as well. Let's kick things off as I ask the question every day, every show, why should Black people care? Why should Black people care about same-sex marriage as settled law in the United States? Take it away, Malcolm. Well, as a Black man who is uh, married to my husband, uh, you might imagine I care a lot about whether or not, you know, myself and so many people who you know have my shared experiences whether or not we're able to exist freely and be treated fairly and whether or not all these ideas of freedom justice and fairness um, that are written throughout our, our, our founding documents um, whether or not that's real for every single person no matter who they who they love um, no matter where they're from and so I absolutely think that it is set a law but certainly looking at some of the decisions coming out of the Supreme Court, um, it does not preclude it from uh, coming up um, to the Supreme Court and being litigated again in front of this uh, radical right wing conservative majority. Make a great point, Pastor Nichols. Why should black people care about same sex marriage? Well, um, coming from the religious sector, if you want to call it that, uh, the religious sector, um, biblical principles, uh, teaches teaches us the way that a family is supposed to be established. That's a biblical principle. So as far as uh, my stance, I stand on the principles of the Bible itself. Um, with that being said, I don't condone it. I don't condemn it. My job is to love beyond whatever it is. Uh, but at the same time, I can't stray away from teaching what the biblical principles are. Uh, and, and then as that person, because God has given us the freedom of choice, and by us having the freedom of choice, we make our own decisions on what we want to do, how we want to do it. But then we have to also remember that, according to the Bible, that there are consequences for every choice that we decide to make, especially those that don't line up with what his word says uh, and how we're supposed to live. So I teach according to what the word of God says. Um, I do have people that are in my family uh, that are married, same sex marriage. So I, I love you beyond. Just like God says, he loves the sinner, but he doesn't love the sin. And, and, and I don't treat any other sin any different than what this one is, because all sin is sin. And I'm not the judge. I'm not the executioner. All I am is a messenger to teach and encourage uh, and not condemn or bash or judge beyond what the word of God says. Well, Pastor Nichols, why should black people care whether same-sex marriage is legal or not? Black, black people should care simply because... If we want to keep the wholesomeness of family, then we need to stand up for what is right. We need to stand up for how we continue to build. Because if we look at it across the board, we're always behind the status quo because we don't stick together enough. 
And I just believe that if we're going to continue to build the family and continue to have our legacies continue on, we need to stand up and make sure that our family structures are solid. Cordell, why should Black people care if same-sex marriage is settled law? Um, I think Black people, one, well, two things, should care and should not care. One, should not care meaning is that it's really none of their business who someone marries, right? And the, and the other part they should care in that is love your fellow man. And so instead of judging them and thinking, and most people think about the sex part of everything instead of like the relationship and the love. And then, you know, as uh, the pastor said, the, the structured family, I've created a family that's out of structure because the parents weren't capable of taking care of um, those children. And so the gay uncles took care of those children and gave them a great life. So the, that family structure thing doesn't make sense. And I think Black people as a whole, we need to catch up with times. Interesting. James, why should Black people care if same-sex marriage is settled law in America today? Black people should care for a number of reasons. One should be that uh, the LGBTQ is a community. I'm sorry if I'm missing a letter, if anything, no disrespect. But, uh, you know, there are African-American people and Africans around the world that are part of the LGBTQ community. Uh, and we should also care because uh, we have loved ones who are also a part of the community. So if you love your loved one and uh, certain things are being taken away and making them sad or, uh, you know, make them feel uh, out of place, you should definitely care. And this is the reason why Black people should care about what's going on with the LGBTQ community. Okay. I get that uh, for sure. If, if, if black people are a part of the community, so we should care uh, whether uh, same sex, uh, whether same sex is settled law in America or not. Let's go back to this wholesome family that we speak of, Pastor Nichols. Um, can we say that families in the sense of what society has proposed a wholesome family to be? My presumption of a wholesome family would be that there's a mother, there's a there's beautiful kids running around. There's a picket fence. There's a house. They go to church on Sunday. They have Sunday dinner. Uh, everybody goes to school, comes home, makes straight A's. When we talk wholesome, the father's working, the mother's at home, baking pies, uh, cooking cookies. Is this uh, your definition of a wholesome family? No, that's that, that's that's more of a fairy tale family because <laughs> we understand <laughs> what the way society is right now. Um, that's a picture-perfect white picket fence type of family. Um, when I say wholesome family, I mean the family structure, the way it was created. Man, woman, mother, father, you know, um, 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 the brothers and the sisters. I grew up without a father, so I grew up in a single family home. My so mother you did was, not grow up in a wholesome family? No, I didn't. But it does not change the parameters of what I grew up exposed to. So... Mm -hmm. So I had uncles that were around that gave me the father figure, um, but I did not have an active father that was in my life at that particular time. So when I speak of wholesome families now, um, especially with the way the society where we're in right now, the father may be absent from the house, but is he absent from the child's life? Uh, those things are important. And it's important simply because how does uh, a child grow up to make his own decision on which way in life he's going to go if he doesn't have a full spectrum of what it is. If, we, if, we're, if we're exposed to one segment of something, then quite naturally our, 
the way our minds are going to be processed is that this is the only way or this is what is right as opposed to making a choice by seeing it all and wholesome family. I, I love that theory. I love that theory because I think it's most people's theory that um, if you are not raised by a mother and a father and perhaps you're raised by two mothers or two fathers, then you too uh, will be gay and have a uh, mother, if you're a woman, I mean, have a, 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 a wife, if you're a woman and a husband, if you're a man. Uh, but if that's the case, Malcolm, if that is in fact the case that if I'm looking at a household that is uh, not wholesome by definition of Pastor Nichols, um, d- does that mean the same in reverse? Does that mean that uh, if I see a mother and a father, I will be a, you know, I will want that particular family structure because let's face it, um, LGBTQIA community comes from the family structure that Pastor Nichols is talking about. It, it, it absolutely does. And, you know, a lot of, you know, what you're hearing is, you know, com- you know, disconnected, not saying those aren't views that the pastor deeply holds, um, but they're disconnected actually from, um, from biology, disconnected from what we know about history, um, same sex couples and relationships and queer um, people, folks across the spectrum of LGBTQ plus um, have always existed. And there are um, examples, um, you know, replete across, you know, the continent of Africa and uh, so many other cultures as well, where not only were they treated with respect and dignity, but in some cultures, um, particularly folks who are non-binary um, or two-spirit as native, as uh, many native cultures refer, um, those folks were revered um, within their communities and within their, their, their cultures. And so, you know, you can really replace wholesome um, you know, with 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 hatred in so many in so many um, instances. Maybe that's not what the pastor means, but the type of tepid tolerance that he suggests is you know right um, among people in the faith community. But I'm happy and I'm blessed to go to an affirming church, um, a Baptist church, one of the longest continual operating uh, churches in Philadelphia, um, where my congregation um, supports me being exactly who I am, supports my family, understands that my family is incredibly wholesome, um, understands what we give back to the community, the ways that we are engaged. And let I'm blessed that my pastor is harmonized. Let me, um, let me go to marriage. James real quick here, Malcolm. Um, James, uh, listen, let's just keep it real. Some people think that if there are gay people who are raising children, that the children are going to be gay. Uh, I, I would say yes. Um, there's, a, there's a greater opportunity and a greater chance, right? Because when if uh, if if a child grows up in a household where it's uh, same-sex marriage, uh, there's a proven it's a proven fact that they're they're more likely to, you know, to go into that sort of lifestyle. Um, I don't think it's fair. And back to what the pastor is saying when it says wholesome, right? Because the children are young and mild. Uh, they're not fully developed. I'm, I'm not sure that it's proven fact. I'll have to get your statistics on that and your source. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not proven break. fact. And, and, I, and I would like and to come right to it as a Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And today, the business of being black is same sex marriage. Is it settled law in America? Listen, uh, People who fight for the idea that uh, same-sex marriage shouldn't exist say that 
if children are raised by gay people, the children are going to be gay, almost as if it's like some kind of disease you can catch. And James says that, um, yes, that is a proven fact. Malcolm says not at all. James, finish your thought, please. So what I was saying is, uh, and this is no disrespect to Malcolm, I love him. I love you to death, brother. And uh, my thing is, um, when you target children young uh, and they're not fully developed, it uh, th- it's sort of more like geared towards that sort of lifestyle. Uh, it's almost like as if you said, hey, I impose, you know, it's almost like an oppose, like you say, hey, you're not giving them an opportunity, I feel, uh, to make a decision right if they want to be gay or not. Because if they grow up in it, they're going to think that that's going to be okay. And I think that that's wrong because especially they grew up in that. And children are not fully developed to uh, truly understand whether or not if they're, they're part of the LGBTQ community plus or rather if they're straight. Pastor so Nichols, uh, I see you wanting to chime in here. Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to piggyback off of what James was saying. Um, we know that the first few years of a child's life is the most influential times of that child's life. And, and as he was stating about it not being fair, um, when you allow seeds to be planted, um, it eventually takes root. And basically what happens is, as he was stating how it seems to be unfair. Now, when they're the adolescent, when they're the-, the But in Pastor the Nichols, the there, first, is no, there, there is no um, information. There are no get, that prove that. I get that. But at the same time, there may, there may not be a fact that you can go and that you can look at. But if we just look at the common knowledge of, how children grow accustomed to yeah. things that they see faster yes. than they grow accustomed to something that they are just adapted to. Um, a child normally will gravitate towards something that he is exposed to faster than he will develop in something on his own, especially from a young age. You may not find a written fact, but if you go through life, you'll see that from one family to the next, to the next, to the next, like a lot of times, but if you that is true, then true. how possible? I'm sorry, I'll go here, Cordell. If I'm raised by gay parents, my potential of being gay is exponentially greater, says James in the past. That is not true. Um, because first of all, that means that the statement of gay is a choice is, uh, I guess, their beliefs. And I respect your beliefs, but gay is not a choice. What we have to go through as gay people, why would we choose this at all? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And being raised by Cordell, two- um, not not to cut you off, but to cut you off. Um, <laughs> Cordell, what 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 Pastor and James are suggesting here, though, is that um, if you are married, and you and your husband are raising a child, um, the choice that they would have would be the example of you and your husband. So actually the choice would not be the example because we would not teach them, we would not target them. As James said, he used the word target. We would not target them to want them to be in a same sex marriage. They will be free to whatever they were born to be. It would not be purpose purposefully, okay, they're going to be gay because they see a same sex um, couple. For example, I raised my niece and nephew. My niece is not gay at all. My nephew is gay, but that has nothing to do with us being gay. So how does that factor? It seems like it does factor a little bit because you said your niece is not gay, but then your nephew is gay. So I would presume that they that the assumption is that seeing you in that relationship and seeing that it's okay, 
uh, made your nephew gay or want not, to be? Not at all, because he was afraid to come out to me. So clearly that did not make him gay if he was afraid to come out to his gay uncle. So what are the advantages of being in a marriage altogether, of being just married? Uh, today's generation, and by today, I mean the Z generation, uh, they're, you know, we living in a generation today that's like, listen, this didn't seem to work out for many people in our, uh, in, in the past years. Uh, we're going to opt out of it altogether. A lot of these Gen Zers are saying, you know, marriage, not, you know, 60% divorce rate. In America, used to be at one time 50%. So uh, let's talk about it, Pastor, these wholesome values that we speak of. What are the advantages of being married? Well, uh, again, back to connecting with Brother James was saying, at least it gives the, 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 the children that are growing up in that marriage, it gives them an opportunity to see um, the way the family structure was designed. Uh, the mother, the father, the, the boy in the relationship or in that marriage can see what a father's supposed to be. If that father is doing what he's supposed to do, at least he gets an idea of what a man's responsibility is. He can see what the response of his mother is. Um, I'm a firm believer that your daughter, your daughter will grow up to go after uh, a man that she sees her father be to her mother. And if that man treats her mother well, then that little girl is going to want to make sure that she has somebody that's going to be able to treat her the way her mother was treated. And these are things that they get in examples of living mother and father. Now, again, with uh, what brother Malcolm was saying and um, um, the other young man was saying, yeah, you may have uh, the same sex that are raising the children. And as an early age in children, all they want is love and they get that. But they they and, that's, and, that's, and that's all that they that, and that's all well, listen, that, that they need. Well, listen, you know, well, listen, and, 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 well, listen. Not, I mean, I mean, but we I, I think I think we got it. And you know what? I've listened no, to no, no, listen, messages. Listen, listen. I've listened to messages from Pastor Respectfully. I've heard your your message is is, is not new. Your your message is, is rehashed, reheated. It's the Can same type thought? of it's the same type of thing I've heard Can I finish my, my entire thought? life. Malcolm, let, let's let Pastor were, finish his thought. Malcolm, let's let Pastor finish his thought. Please finish your thought, Pastor. Because I do want you to understand. I, by no way am I condemning anything. You know what like I said? I don't condemn anything. Your choice is your choice. But at the same time, when we're coming up and we're dealing with the children that are coming up in these marriages, it's our responsibility to expose them to the things that's going to be healthy for them and allow them to make their decision based off of everything across the board. So, so may I, I ask I what's health may I ask what's unhealthy about a same-sex marriage to children? What's unhealthy about that? Since you say it's well, healthy. At, at, what's unhealthy about it? Okay. I'm glad you asked that. According to the way that man and woman was created, if it was healthy and if it was okay, then when God created us, he would have made man to be able to have a baby as well as be able to produce a baby. And he would have made a woman to be able to have a baby as well as to produce a baby. But he those are your beliefs. He gave you male. I want to get Malcolm in here. I want to get Malcolm in here real quick. Go ahead, Malcolm. So, 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 so again, right? You're, you're the, the the framing of this is, is is sad, but it's but it's predictable. And let's be very clear for all the, um, you know, LGBTQ youth who might be watching this conversation. Um, we're not waiting around. Um, of whether or not we are condemned by you or not. My existence is not made fuller 
by knowing whether you hate me or whether you love me. And a lot of what you um, are repeating today are, are, are tropes that we should be trying to disrupt, tropes that uphold um, white, straight, male patriarchy, frankly, and are disconnected from any type of developmental science that we, that we have available to us. What young people need, and I know this as somebody who has studied this deeply, who's been a, 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 a fellow um, for the Hunt Keen Fellowship, all about education, talked to as a legislator, um, uh, higher ed, all the way down to, to kindergarten and pre-K, folks who do this, who do have facts, who do have data. What kids need is a loving home. And what they also need I want to stop you there, Malcolm, because you have a point. Kids do need a loving home. And I'm wondering why it's different if that love comes from two men, two women, or a man and a woman. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that when we uh, come back, um, because Pastor Nichols, I want to know if same-sex marriage were to be banned today, what should become of the same-sex couples who are already married? Uh, we're going to take a break and come back and complete this thought on business of being Black. Yes, today, the business of being Black is same-sex marriages. Should it be settled? Why are we still arguing about this? Why is it still up for debate? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Today, the business of being black is same-sex marriage. Please welcome Pennsylvania State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta, celebrity chef Cordell Robinson, Philadelphia Republican advocate James Whitehead, and Pastor Rodney R. Nichols of Garden of Praise Christian Fellowship. Listen, uh, this topic has been around for ages, and I mean ages, but let's talk a little deeper. Japan is the only nation in the G7 that has not legalized same-sex marriage. Just yesterday, a Japanese court upheld a ruling that states uh, gay marriage is unconstitutional. Do you think Japan and other powerful countries are more likely to move towards legalization or are uh, nations more likely to move in the direction of same-sex marriage being illegal, Cordell? I think it's going to move more towards legalization. Um, one, they see the economic advantage of it. Two, um, the generations be behind us, Generation Z, um, they have a totally different outlook on life and the way they, they view things. And as we get older and they begin to take over, they're going to change all those things. So I think it's going to be in a direction that one day the entire planet is not going to be a problem. Um, South Africa is the only African nation where same-sex marriage is legalized. In fact, uh, only 22 of 54 African nations have even legalized homosexuality. Is the Black community homophobic, James? Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's uh, homophobic. It goes right back to what Cardell stated. Um, they just need to feel comfortable with coming out. And in certain nations, uh, in certain countries, you know, if, if you come out as an LGBTQR, then the chances are you may be losing your rights. Now, I don't, I don't uh, oppose, um, you know, same-sex marriage. I just think that, uh, like in the United States, well, you know, they just pass it for all 50 states. I don't think that should be the, that way. I think that the people of these 50 states should vote rather than not they want the same-sex marriage because sometimes there can be, we can feel like we're on the pressure and we're almost in they're almost imposing their will in terms of the LGBTQ one to us. Um, like if you look at, you know, you look at uh, certain cartoons and everywhere you turn, there's LGBTQ there. Uh, again, 
I don't have a problem. I, I don't. I don't have a, a problem with them coming out and wanting to be into and want to be represented. But I think that there should be, uh, you know, networks where they're able to uh, show like LGBTQ. There's, there shouldn't be a point where I'm turning on kind of like uh, BET, where we can show black people and then the rest. Yes, of exactly, then, because now because you, and, because and then the rest of the networks don't show black people. We just have one station relegated to black people. Right. So that yeah. So, so, that, so yeah. let me interject. That doesn't make any sense. So that means that um, you know, then I'm tired of saying just all straight TV, all TV with straight things for all my entire life. So now that I see you know, my community represented across TV and across channels and is given exposure, which is really good because that's what we need. We need communication, like dialogue that we're having now and exposure so that people can understand. We've been exposed to the straight culture all our lives and for centuries and generations, but now there's new exposure to the gay community, the LGBTQIA community. And that exposure is just, you know, we understand that, you know, it's not going to be embraced immediately. It's not going to be accepted immediately, but at least have an open heart and open mind about it to understand people's own values and, and own outlooks on life instead of like, well, oh, well, you know, it's being pushed upon us. I don't want to see a gay commercial. Well, I don't want to see a straight commercial. I can kind of say that vice versa. So, so can I ask you a question, Cordell? Like sure. Quick question. So, like, how's the LGBTQ plus community feel, feel about, like, say, for instance, we had the Buzz Like Your movie and they're exchanging kisses between the same sex. Now, how, 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 does, how does, from you, from, you know, I know you can't speak for the entire LGBTQ community, but respectfully, from you, how do you feel about, you know, you know LGBT getting, you know, a role in kids' TV shows? and them being exposed to that sort of lifestyle, do you think that, like, I'm just asking, do you think that, you know- The biggest question here, so is do you think that the LGBTQ plus community should be exposed to children? Okay, so, right. So, yes, I think, I think so, because what is so wrong about it? I think you're coming from the context or idea or point of view of the sex part between LGBTQIA instead of Absolutely. the relationship part. And they're two totally different things. And people need to realize, stay out of our bedrooms and look at what we actually do and bring to the world. It's nothing bad. Two people, like two straight people kissing is the same thing as two same-sex people kissing. Children have been watching that all the time. It's been on cartoons. It's been on different kids' shows of two straight people kissing. So now if it's two same-sex, it's a problem. It's a big deal. That's just because the world's not used to it. Yeah, it's not, it's not been normalized, which is why uh, Cordell is suggesting that uh, it be represented so that it become normalized. But I understand Pastor Nichols is saying, no, 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 we cannot normalize these things. Pastor Nichols, I do want to ask you this, uh, because Cordell talked about uh, raising his niece and raising his nephew. Now, my assumption, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cordell here, I don't want to speak out of line, but my assumption is that anytime someone else is raising someone else's children, is because that there was something not working within the structure and the confines of that family. So they had to move to move somewhere where they would be in a better environment. Do you believe that Cordell should have uh, have had 
a, a right to take care of his niece and his nephew and put them in that environment? Or should he have le left those children in an environment with a man and a woman? Is that a better situation if that si than it being a gay situation? Okay. I believe that if that child was in a bad situation, I actually commend him for wanting to get that child into a better situation. I commend him for that because no child needs to be into a bad situation. Um, my only, my only thing that I say about that whole situation is, you know, and, and then again, when he took those children, whatever seed was planted had already been planted and it wasn't necessarily planted from when they got with him. That seed may have already been planted for, you know, some time before. So it wasn't his lifestyle at that moment that maybe exposed that because these seeds are planted in children when they are young, young, they take root when they are young, young. And so they, they just get developed as they grow older. So I wouldn't, if, if I had to point a finger, I wouldn't be able to point the finger at him and say, it's his lifestyle that the kid I'd like to bring to. up a hypothetical situation because it's, it's, it's interesting here. If there were a man and a woman who were married and two men who were married, and there were children who watched that man and woman and watched that man in that male-female relationship beat that woman on a daily basis. Are the children better off at the age of three, four, five with that man and woman or the children better off with a, with a same-sex marriage? That's a tight, tight, tight question to ask, Miss Tam. <laughs> well, I don't oh, know. Really I mean, seriously? Oh, seriously? <laughs> You would, now, you now you would see prefer. How, now, now, now that's, listen. That's a tough so question. now listen, listen. Now I'm gonna say the same thing to you all that okay. you said to me. Because okay. now basically what you're doing is you're bashing me before I even get a chance to make it a, to make what I'm telling you. You're, you're trying to put me all the way down at that moment, and I didn't even say anything <laughs> yet. But you, you're trying to put me down. What I'm getting ready to say to you is this: uh -huh. anything negative that that child is exposed to is not healthy for that child being young. I don't condone same-sex marriage the same way I don't condone a man beating a woman. So then There's that no child difference. should go into the system? Is that I don't child believe the child should go into the system at, 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 for that particular moment. No. Maybe that child should be with that same-sex marriage for that moment. At this moment, that child is completely confused anyway because now he's seeing his mother being beat by his father. Then he goes and he sees something else. So at this particular moment, love is going to be the thing that's going to help him at least have some form of being able to think positive or whatnot, whatnot. But at the same time, we still need to keep him exposed to the things that are healthy and the things that's going to allow him to make the right decisions for his life as he grows. Right. All right. Okay. So we'll uh, hold that thought, James, because we got to take a quick break. But do religious institutions dictate marriage laws for society, regardless of what the dominant religion is in any particular country? We want to talk about the religious aspect of it when we return on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. Do religious institutions dictate how people should be married? Our panel will continue the conversation in a second. But now I want to give some business to everyone who wants to be financially free. What's the three-week rule? Hmm? 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 Wait. Three weeks to buy that new car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Three weeks to refi your home mortgage. And wait. 
three weeks to finance any major purchase. Lately, I've been waiting three weeks to buy groceries, y'all, but I found that there is something to the wait, especially if you are like me and watch your credit score like a hawk. I'll be watching it, y'all. I see your credit score up, down, up, down. Oh, I see you. I'll be watching y'all every week. But the three-week rule, that's the real business. Why three weeks? Because that's how fast the average score master user takes to boost his or her credit score by an average of 61 points. And listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands on everything we finance. Ha ha. Score master technology was developed by credit data scientists to boost your credit score higher and faster than you thought possible. Scoremaster is so easy. It takes about a minute to get started and you don't have to wait months for your best credit score. Try Scoremaster today and see how many points, see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash B-O-B-B. That's scoremaster.com slash B-O-B-B. Again, scoremaster.com slash B-O-B-B. I don't want anyone telling me what to buy and what, what, how much I can, I got to buy what I want. No, 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 no. That's why I'm consistently tracking my credit. You should track and get yours up too with scoremaster.com. And that's the real business of being black with Tammy Mack. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. The Business of Being Black today is same-sex marriage. Now, the institution of marriage has traditionally been defined as one man and one woman. Does same-sex marriage do damage to that institution? Malcolm. Um, absolutely not. And actually, you know, large portions of this conversation, um, no matter if they come from love, as folks say, um, have been fact free and in fact, more harmful to kids who are LGBTQ and questioning um, than having two, two loving parents. Um, folks don't get credit for allowing people to exist in their wholeness and in their humanity. And frankly, the institution of marriage, um, as it relates to straight folks with shows like The Bachelorette and 24-Hour Marriage and all these other things, you know, shows the, 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 the level of um, disposability that folks treat marriage. For queer folks, for LGBTQ folks, many couples who had to go decades without their union being um, acknowledged by their government, um, they understand what it means to love somebody, to love them fully, and deserve to have that um, have that respected. We don't live in a the theocracy, thank God, and our government should not make decisions based on one person's religious beliefs. Um, those are your beliefs; you hold on to them, but they shouldn't be imposed on anybody else. And that sort of that sort of imposition has led to the rising numbers of suicide among young LGBTQ youth and suicidal ideations. The list goes on and on and on. Folks don't get points for their tepid tolerance, in my view. Cordell. So I think, you know, when you look at it, especially from a religious aspect, it's always like mainly like the Christian religion. So the religious aspect, you look at it, it dates back. It 
all connects to the white male patriarchy, but the black church is following that. So if we go back to our roots to Africa, I've done a lot of research on this, done a lot of research on different religions, ancient religions, and also ancient texts in the Bible where the Bible has been manipulated to um, basically sodomize gay people. If you look at the original text, it has nothing to do. There's no nothing in there that, that uh, says there's things against gay people. So I think that that's something that, you know, we need to really look at, it, especially religious people. Go back and look at the original text. Go back and do your research instead of listening to what someone else just said, but actually get the facts. And then you can open your heart even more. And I do respect everyone on this panel, even the pastor, because I know he has an open heart. Um, but, you know, I don't, you know, the negative connotations of, you know, it's not right, it's wrong. That doesn't make any sense because there's nothing wrong with gay. Pastor um, Cordell is saying, uh, go back and read your Bible. I think we can conclude that you've read your Bible uh, often and probably know many of the words in there. So what specifically in the Bible says that uh, same sex can't be married? I can take you to scripture and show you that, but I can even just give you an example really quick. Uh, if you look at the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, you have a whole city that was wiped out. And if you look at this particular story, listen to what happened, even in the original context, this whole story happened when there was an angel that it came from the outside of the city, got to Lot's house. He got inside of Lot's house and the men of the city knocked on the door and said, tell those men to come out because we want to sleep with them. And Lot said, no, I got some virgin daughters. Why don't you take them? They said, no, we want the men. At this particular moment, when God told Lot and his family to leave, he says, I'm going to take this city out because of its perversion. And that was speaking of sexual immorality or anything that did not line up with scripture. When the Bible does declare that it's unnatural for a man to lay with a man as he would with a woman, no matter where you read it at in the Bible, it's going to tell you that it's not natural. Based off of him in Genesis, when he created, he said, I created Adam. I put him to sleep. I created a woman. I made them male and female and told them to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, I did not make two men to lie or didn't make two women to lie. I made a male. I made a female. And then I'm saying all of that. I have to say that so you there know, are no scriptures in the Bible, Pastor. Excuse me. Are there scriptures in the Bible? Oh, Yes. I mean, you're speaking of Levitical law, right? That's so, no, I, you can go New Testament, Testament, same thing. If you look right. at the so, Jesus, Jesus says zero things about it. And the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, mm -hmm. as somebody who also um, has a lot of, we don't have to go into this, that's another show, has a lot of training um, in the ecclesiastical text as well. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah was about hospitality. It was not about yeah. homosexuality. Yeah. And also, yeah. are you suggesting no, that giving no, over a young woman to be raped is somehow wholesome? I didn't, and I didn't say that that was right either. I, I didn't no, say that that was no, right no. either. I gave you, I gave you, the, the question that came to me was my view on that. And I gave it to you biblically. And I gave you biblically what the Bible says. And still, you can go over into Romans. You can go over into First uh, Corinthians. Timothy speaks about it. It all says the same thing. Matter of fact, when you go into uh, Corinthians, first Corinthians, it talks about how when you when, when, when you create these acts, how 
uh, the punishment that came from that, that wasn't Levitical law. That was New Testament. That was after Christ had come. So therefore, it substantiates all the way across the board what the Bible says about it. Now, I want to get James in like here. Hold that thought, Pastor. I want to get James in here. Go ahead, James. Now, I remember you asked a question. You, you stated, uh, quote me if I'm wrong. You, you asked, does uh, same-sex marriage does any damage to, uh, you know, male and female marriage? marriage right. Yes, uh, I think it does. Now, this is the problem. You can't procreate with two men and you can't procreate with two women. So uh, there needs to be a balance between the two, right? My, my, the problem that I have uh, with some of the LGBTQ I want to ask is like social media is big, right? So my thing is, how can we differentiate between someone that truly feels as though they're part of the LGBTQ community plus versus a fad? Because social media can easily influence and then you also have children who are easily influenced. Like how do they know this is something they want to be versus this just being a fad? Like I, I need well, to understand. Well, I, would, I would think that when someone gets married, they probably know. Exactly. No, and see, I think at the they, end of they, the day, if it's, at the end of the day, if it's not your children, it's none of your business. Right. So <laughs> what's, what those children are exposed to, what those parents allow their children to expose to and see how they control their social media. That's those parents. But you as a parent of you, if you have children, I don't know that yes, it's yes. your job to raise your children how you want to raise your children. You can impose your views on other people. That doesn't make any sense to say- James, oh, you seem wrong. a little exasperated when Cordell said that. Yeah, because it's, it's like, um, yeah, because they say you can't, I can't impose what my views is. But every time I turn around on television, the LGBT community is in every space where, where, I, where me and my child, my child, my daughter operates at. So it almost you know feels what? like- You've always been hard. in the spaces. If, 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 your, if your sexuality is, is that fragile, that even the view no, not, but, of, of somebody who is not also straight shakes you to the core, then that's a deeper question that you have to deal with with yourselves. I grew up watching Aladdin where people are on a magic carpet ride, women and men kissing. And also in that same movie, you had Jafar who was an old man trying to force himself onto a young woman. And so not only did we see, we saw, um, you know, pedophilia, but it was not of gay gay men or gay women imposing themselves. We have seen over and over and over images of men imposing their sexual will upon young women and nobody bats an eye. I remember growing up and I have a female friend and people ask at very young ages, is that my girlfriend? And so it is really heterosexual couples that over-sexualize everything. The Bible, I am a Christian, but those are, those, are, those are my beliefs. And that is not the ground from which we should debate this question. And a lot of this, again, is grounded in these false tropes that, again, you can hold on to. I'm happy for you to believe it. I don't want to pass a law to stop you from believing it. But I also don't think you have a, a damn right to pass a law to force what you believe onto us. And there is a fad going around. But then, and it's a I'm fad of people to be following these Republican you know, talking points and going down these rabbit holes because they don't know when to actually talk about the issues so James, that are facing yeah, the black uh, community. Malcolm that's, that's does not bring true. up a concern. James Malcolm does bring up a concern in terms of over the oversexualization of television uh, without homosexuality. How do you reconcile that? So 
he, he has a point, but what I was saying is, all I'm saying is there needs to be a balance between the two, right? There, this, so if I wanted to watch LGBTQ+, you know, you would just click on a certain network, and then you would expect that to be there. But you're going back to the same so thing that Tammy said a go, go. few uh, moments ago, then if you want to just watch just Black people, you just go to a Black network. That doesn't make any sense. We should it be does because it, Yes, it does. It does. Listen, Cardello, it does. I'm going to tell you why. Look, because, look, if, if, if I'm going to watch the new Buzz Lightyear movie and I watch it with my daughter and I'm looking at it going, damn, I didn't expect that to be there. Although I'm not trying to shield her away from the LGBTQ at all. But what I'm saying So they is, should make two versions of that movie, a straight one and a gay one. So like every TV show, they should make a black one and a white one of a TV show. Does that make so, sense? So, no, well, there, a, there, a, there is the Wiz and the Wizard of Oz, but you know, we're not going yeah, to Yeah, it is. See, <laughs> I would be okay with that. I would definitely be okay with that. I, 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 I'll be okay with that. You know what I mean? Because there has but this, to be a but this idea, this idea that we only get to exist if you don't see us, this idea let's, of separate let's, but let's, equal. Let's, no, let's, let's, nobody. Let's, see, let's, Tammy, let's, that is the, it's garbage. Listen, yeah, that's that thinking, thinking. No, it no is. Listen, listen, it's garbage. Watch this. Watch, watch this, guy. All right, Tammy. Watch this, ahead, Pastor. I'm, I'm not going to At the end of the I day, mean, for, for me, at I'm the end of the day, done. at the end of the day, what's going to happen is we can talk about this until until the sun came up and went down for the next 150 years. Right. And we may never we may never be on the same page about it simply because what happens is, you know, me as a pastor, me as standing on my Christian beliefs. I'm going to stand in what I believe in. With that being said, there's but pastor, a difference. Let me cut you off for a second here. Let me cut you off because I want to explain the business of being black. Uh, of course, we can debate any topic for years and years and two people will have two different sides. Uh, the purpose of this show is to open the dialogue yeah. so that you can understand the other side, so that you can have facts about the other side. And it's also so that you can open your world to something new and different because it's not always right. And I'm not talking about homosexuality here. I'm talking about the things that we believe and the things that we are traditionally accustomed to. This normal that we pretend should be normal in America has, uh, you know, it, it has been disrupted. And so I do believe, and the purpose of my show is to be that disruption so that people who have these longstanding traditions can maybe say, let me think about that as opposed to, nope, don't want to hear you don't care what you say. Black people should be on this channel. White people should be on that channel. Hispanics should be on that channel. And homosexuals should go to that store. And straight people should go to that store. I mean, it is a little uh, uh, ridiculous. It is a little, uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's borderline uh, stupid, to be honest, to say that uh, one group of people should watch a certain station and another group of people should watch another station. I mean, so, really, yeah. coming up through the civil rights movement, we should all know uh, as black people on this panel that that is not a way to live. Just in general, we're asking for rights. And so I'm not really asking if anything is right or wrong here. I'm mm -hmm. asking how we can move in America <laughs> with it existing. That is well, being black. And, and you know, and, and, and the way, and you asked that question, Tammy, it's a great question. 
and I, I was going to that as I was, was, was trying to explain that a few minutes ago, how we make this, how we exist with it is, at the end of the day, we have to respect whatever, whatever my view is and whatever your view is, even if we don't agree, we have to learn how to respect those views. And I'm speaking for me personally, I teach what I teach based off of the knowledge that I have and based off of my stance and my relationship with God. Now, I teach what the Bible tells me to teach. I don't treat you funny. I don't treat you different because that's the life you choose to live. If you meet me on the street, I don't treat you different. I think we understand. I, don't, I think you made that clear from the beginning. It's all right. So, so in saying that, in saying that, and I think Malcolm has, uh, you know, yeah, I would just, I would just, I would just make the quick that. point though, the quick yes. point. And, 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 and I don't think that, I don't think that you would treat me different either, either pastor, but the point is this, that the views that you are espousing, those views have institutional power. When you have big organizations like your mm -hmm. church and like a, you know, a political party that has decided over the last, you know, year and a half that they are going to make the demonization of a small group their main political priority, that's not just an opinion. With that actually comes decisions. With that actually comes policy proposals. With that actually comes the implementation of those policy proposals. The health of a nation can always be judged by how you treat people in the dawn of their life, in the dusk of their lives, and people in the shadows of those lives, of, of the people in the shadows um, of, our, of our communities. And the things that have been espoused by, by you and by, and by James, those shows aren't, aren't your opinions. Those are things that have power because there are institutional players that want to move what you are saying and make that the law of the land. Malcolm, you never I have heard this, a um, How can we keep up with, people, with the things that but yet we have to do with it on the other side? Malcolm, how can we keep up with you in your career? Oh, always at Malcolm Kenyatta um, everywhere. All right. Uh, James, same question. How can we keep up with you and your career? You get to uh, follow me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as James Whitehead. All right, Cordell, you've got those deliciousexperience.com recipes. Uh, how yeah. can, how, uh, what's the latest recipe? Uh, the latest recipe um, actually is some mini Wellingtons that I made for um, oh. Ast an Aston Martin event. They were absolutely delicious. All right. Um, well, we will so. check you out on deliciousexperience.com. And Pastor, please tell everyone how they can keep up with your church. You can keep up with our church on Facebook, Garden of Praise, or you can catch us on YouTube at the same Garden of Praise CF. Well, thank you all for being a part of this wholesome family show. Listen, same-sex marriage uh, will always be a controversial topic in America and the world. I mean, beyond. And your beliefs will always remain your beliefs as well, Pastor Cordell, James, and Malcolm. I want to thank you for being on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Coming up next, get ready for Hollywood Unlocked and Jason Lee on Fox Soul. Until next time, it's a blessing to be in your box. Bye, y'all.